0: So today, our focus is out of Matthew 16, and I'll be reading from verse 21 through 27. From the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to, must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised... God bless the reading of his word.
1: Amen. Thanks, Kathleen. It's really good. Uh, for those of you, this isn't your uh, home church or family here. Uh, hope that you're receiving uh, all the love. It's free of charge. <laughs> it's our gift to you today. Uh, For those of you who who don't know, we've been studying through the Gospel of Matthew for um, about a year and a half, and this is our last Sunday in Matthew for this year, but don't worry, we'll be back next year. Um, But we're going to take a few weeks to focus on some Christmas messages, so if you're struggling to get into the Christmas spirit, I want to invite you to come back the next three weeks with us. Uh, The Gospel will get you in the Christmas spirit better than Costco will. So, I promise you that. Uh, This morning's text could be called uh, the great cost of following Jesus. There's a cost and it's great. This is on the heels. Last week uh, we talked about the great confession of who Jesus is. Peter makes this confession. There's a revelation given to Peter. And he says out of his mouth for the first time ever, Jesus, you're the Messiah, and you're the Son of God. This is who you are. He nailed it. This is it. God revealed it, showed it to him, and he said it out loud. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the promised king, the one that's going to come and rule over God's people and bring peace and prosperity to them. And he's also Emmanuel. He's God with us. God in flesh and blood. This is who Jesus is. He's making good on all of the promises of God. This book is filled with promises from God, of what He intends to do with you, with me, and with this whole caboodle called Planet Earth. And Jesus is making good on all of them. He's coming to fulfill all of them. And we love it. We're about to move into the Christmas season and you know this verse. We read it last week. But this is a promise that Jesus came to fulfill. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We love this about Jesus. We we love it that this is who he is. I mean, a Prince of Peace. Not a Tyranny not an entitlement, he's bringing peace with Israel, he's an everlasting father, not a bum who doesn't show up when we don't need him, he's everlasting, he's a mighty God, he's capable, he's able to do something, he's a wonderful counselor, this is who Jesus is, we love it. and so did his disciples, they were jazzed, at this point in the gospel, as they've wandered with Jesus, their hearts are growing with anticipation, with excitement, Jesus is this. They're seeing it. They're celebrating. Jesus has finally come to make good on all that God's promised. Finally come to make things right. This is what they longed for. They longed for a king to come, a good king to come back. Set up a kingdom. Rule with fairness and justice. Love. This is all that they've been waiting for. This is what we're waiting for with Jesus. It's the same thing. We, we get to the, the luxury and the gift of being put on the map of time where we are. But we get to see that Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies. All of these promises of God. And we are still holding on hope that He'll finish the story the way He said He would. Skip to the end of the book, Revelation 21, 3-4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look... God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Come on. This is what we're waiting for. This is what we're longing for. All of us, even if you don't follow Jesus, you're waiting for somebody to wrap this thing up in like a bow, like a Hallmark Channel movie. Like, come on! We need a happy ending here. And this is the best ending. And Jesus is going to make good on this. Every tear, every fear, He's going to wrap it up. Jesus will make good on all the good that God promises us. You can take it to the bank. But Jesus also plans to make good on all of God's promises. Even the ones that don't seem good at first glance. This is where the text takes us this morning. Matthew 16, 21. From that time Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. This makes no sense. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is King. Jesus wins. What is the deal with this being crushed and killed thing? Math is not my strong suit. But this equation just doesn't add up. And it didn't add up for Peter either. It didn't add up for the disciples then. But if Jesus is who he says he is, then he's got to make good on all of God's promises. They were super pumped about the Christmas promise. Isaiah 9. Yeah, everlasting Father, Yes! peace. Come on! And then they just, you know, how many of you suffer from like short term, you know, like everything gets foggy. Like you get fixated on one thing. It's like, oh yeah, I like that. Well, if they would have just gone a little bit further in Isaiah. Isaiah 2 to 5. This is what's also promised to Jesus. He had no beauty. For majesty to attract us to Him. Nothing in His appearance that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, He was despised. And we held Him in low esteem. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God. Stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds were healed. Jesus is making good on all of the promises of God, and this is the next phase in discipleship that Jesus is bringing Peter and the twelve into. He's bringing them along to this new reality that they're going to have to come to grips with and live into the rest of their days. That the cross comes before the crown. This is it. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Jesus will be crowned king. It's in the books. This is going to happen. It's his birthright. But not before the cross. Jesus didn't say he would go and suffer. He said he must go and suffer. Isaiah 53 again Maybe they just skipped over this or missed that Sunday school lesson. Isaiah 53.10 Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Not because God wants to inflict pain but because the next verse He wants to bring many people to life. After he suffered he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many. Suffering isn't Always a sign that you're outside the will of God. Sometimes it may be a sign that you're right in the middle of it. (laughs) Jesus is teaching His disciples that the way of Jesus, when you follow behind Him, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. Jesus must do the will of the Father. And we must do the same. This is not optional. This is not like you could get an advanced degree. This is just basic Christianity. Cross before the crown. This is a tough one to get behind for Peter. And it's probably really tough for all of us to get behind, if we're honest today. So Peter does maybe what we would have done. He jumps in and he tries to redirect this scenario. He tries to rewrite the narrative. Like, oh, let me give you an option here. Maybe you're not thinking of. It. Matthew 16, 22 to 23, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, off to a good start with Jesus. Saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Woo! If you thought that like the voice of God was just like kitty cats and rainbows coming into your ear drums all the time, just prepare yourself for like ice bucket reality from Jesus as well. Peter tried to pastor Jesus, and it got him in trouble. Hey, look, Jesus, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm a rock. And uh, you're going to build this thing with like me? this whole church thing, so I'm going to lead things forward, I'm going to lead you forward right now, okay? I'm just going to show you a better way to do this thing. It's kind of silly, right? But don't we do the same thing with Jesus? We treat Jesus and His Word as if they need to be brought into a better understanding of our time, of our life, of our situation, of our world today. Oh Jesus, come on, it's 2022, you really need to be more affirming at this point. Jesus, come on, there's this thing called the internet now. You've got to get with it, you've got to have a presence on there. You ain't going nowhere if you don't. You probably don't know how to use the apps on your phone, so let me show you how that works. Jesus, come on, if you haven't heard, God is love. And he loves us too much to want bad things to happen to us. Peter doesn't like that God would allow something bad to happen to the one that he loves. He can't reconcile this. So, he says, no thank you. Nope, it's not going to happen. And when he does that, he sides with the demonic kingdom. Maybe unbeknownst to him, probably. I don't think he was setting out to be on Team Satan that day. He was riding high. There's a rock. <laughs> Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me is not a matter of dismissal. Jesus isn't saying, like, I take it back. You're a loser. You've had your chance. It's over. Get out of my way. I'll find somebody else. There's a lot of people on planet Earth. He's not dismissing him. He's not saying, get behind me. Like This is over. You had your shot, and you blew it. It's a matter of position, not dismissal. Peter was out of place. He was meant to be following behind Jesus, not trying to lead him out in front. So Jesus is telling Peter, get back in line. Get in your God-given spot, which is behind me. You can't take the shots that are coming. Get behind me. You know not what you speak of. Get behind me. He's looking to protect Peter, not kick him out. Satan means adversary. And I don't believe that Jesus is calling Peter like the incarnate of evil. I don't believe that. What I do believe is that he's drawing attention once again to Peter and his disciples. That there are two kingdoms at war. Heaven and hell. And if you don't line up with the mindset of heaven, then you will be in danger of following the ways of Satan himself. Our place is behind Jesus. We line up behind everything he says. Everything. Not just the parts that we agree with. Not just the parts that we understand. Not just the parts that we like. We line up with everything. Everything that comes from the very mouth of God, we say yes and amen to that. We line up right behind it, even if we don't get it, even if we don't like it. That's our spot on the field. I love how quickly Jesus moves on. Like he doesn't harp on those who miss it. He doesn't harp on those who miss it. He corrects them, he redirects them, and then he invites us to follow again. If you have been harped on this week because you've blown or messed up, I just want to tell you that may not be the voice of the loving Father in heaven. Maybe somebody else's voice that you're siding with. And unbeknownst to you, that's the kingdom of darkness. Jesus doesn't linger, he corrects. He brings truth, he redirects, and then the invitation is always on the table to go again. Verses 24 to 27, And Jesus told his disciples, If anyone, anybody wants to come after me, come on, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but for whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul. But what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come yes. with His angels yes. in the glory of His Father. And then He will repay each person according to what they've done. Jesus is letting His followers in on this reality. Cross before the crown. This is the way of Jesus. He must suffer first and then be rewarded. And so it is with you and I. So it is with anyone who follows behind Him. This is why the symbol of Christianity is a cross and not a heart. Because love without sacrifice is not love at all. If you're not dying to yourself... To that other person that you're in your relationship with. it's not love according to God. It's an agreement of some kind, but it is not love if there is not sacrifice. Taking up the cross is ultimate. It's ultimate for us. And it ultimately will lead to life. Life abundantly. If there hasn't been a cost to following Jesus, make sure you're following Jesus and not a version of it. We get a little weird sometimes when we start thinking about rewards for following Jesus. It's like, that sounds, I don't know, I thought this was more like kind of communistic, like everybody kind of gets a mansion and it's all equal and everything's good to go. <laughs> like, what do you mean pay back? Like, what is that? It gets a little funny. Like, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do, darn it. It's true and it's right, so we do it. How's it going for you? Just white-knuckling it your whole life. It's It's the right thing to do. I hate it, but it's the right thing to do. Jesus is talking about reward. I mean, just a few chapters later, he says that if anyone loses land, if anyone loses friendships or family or standing in the world, he will come back and repay it a hundred times over if you did it for his sake. He's not weirded out by a reward system. He knows that we want the good life. It's not like, oh, we're doing all the right stuff, and underneath we have all this like dream board. Jesus, I wish you could show you my dream board. <laughs> oh, shit, it's really awesome. We should do all the dream board, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus knows about your dream board. He put the desire for an abundant life in you. He's not shaming your dream board. He's just saying, it's not big enough. It's not big enough for what I have in store for you. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. Our desires are not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum. Because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Jesus is saying, don't sell your ambition short for this world. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know, he knows what's inside. He knows what you're longing for. He's telling you right now. Oh, man, would you just let me redirect you to get what you really want. Invest in Jesus. Get behind Jesus. Lose yourself to gain everything that you actually want. There's a tension, obviously, between this kind of suffering and reward. There's a tension between the cross and the crown. Death and resurrection. And it's because we live right there in the middle. But that's where Jesus lives. In the tension. Do not let go of the tension. Don't swing to one side and check out. Don't swing to one side and start just like shooting yourself to death. Like, oh, I've got to perform. I've got to. No. Grace is gift to all. It's not opposed to your effort. It's opposed to your earning. You're not earning anything. You're walking free, sons and daughters now, because of Jesus. But Jesus is saying, if you really want what you say you want, then you're going to have to let go of this world to gain the world that Jesus is building. It is the world of your dreams. You're going to have to let go of your crown for the crown that He's preparing for you in eternity. You're going to have to lose who you've been working so hard to make yourself into, so that you can receive who He intended you to be. The call and the warning given to Peter is the same for us today. Get behind Jesus. Get behind Jesus. Follow all that He says. Not just the easy parts. You lean in when it gets hard. Get behind Jesus. Beware of satanic voices. This feels intense because He is. You have an enemy that paints everything. you stand for. He hates that you've been made in the image of the everlasting God. He hates that he loves you with such a passion. He hates you. He's not playing games with you. Everything he offers to you comes with a hook. Beware of satanic voices that would lead you away from suffering and purpose. They are everywhere. They're in your podcast. They're on your TV. They're in churches. They're everywhere. The enemy is everywhere. Using every situation to try to lure you away into the new life. Into this comfort zone that will destroy your soul. And finally, pray for bigger desires. Don't settle for a crown on this side. Don't do it. Please don't do it. We've come from a long line of faith. I know that maybe you're the first Christian in your family, but you've been drafted into a massive family, and we have an amazing heritage of faith. Hebrews 11 and 12. You read it this afternoon. Those are your people. Those are your people. It says that they, they, none of them, none of them, all of them had highs and lows, just like Peter. Oh, you're nailing it. Oh, you're the devil. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is terrible. It says that they never received what was promised to them. They only saw it from a distance. But they were content. they were happy because they weren't living for this world they were living for a world that wasn't built by human hands (laughs) this is our story this can be your story if you have not lined up with jesus the invitation is open to you today even if you've blown it even if this is the first time you've heard this invitation before you don't have to wait you don't have to like put on like your sunday best you don't have to jump through any hoops. You come running to yeah, Jesus. Right. You come and fall right in line. I'm going with you wherever you go. Who else has the words of life? That's right. Where? Where can we go? Would you stand to your feet? I want to just pray for us. And then we're going to witness some people who are getting behind Jesus as they get into the waters of baptism this morning. Mark will kind of explain that and what we're going to do, but just to, Yeah, you don't want to be in the splash zone over there. Those uh, are the cheap seats. So. Jesus, we don't know what we want. Things that we do want to do, we don't do and Things that we don't want to do, we keep doing and We're tired of a hamster wheel life. And we want to take you up on your offer of life abundant. Of the good life. So, I just want to ask, Holy Spirit, would you help line us up today? Uh, we've tried our best to do it on our own. and. Uh, I don't know how it's going for everybody else, but you know, we need your help today, Holy Spirit. Would you give us wisdom in our life right now to discern the voices of God, good and evil and the enemy? Would you give us the spirit of wisdom? That's what you deposited into us. So we just we just say yes. Holy Spirit, to your nudges, yes, to your, your pokes, yes, to uh, your voice in our life, yes, to you steering and co-captaining our life with us. Yes, Holy Spirit, we want that. It's tricky. This is tricky. Man, things that are shiny are so attractive, but would you help us? Would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear what's really going on? We want to be wise in these days. Yeah, we we bring ourselves to you, Jesus. We entrust our life again to you this morning. Thank you for not harping on us. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else is grateful for that this morning, but man, I'm so grateful that love corrects and love endures. And love is patient and kind. And love always tells the truth. Thank you, God. That's who you are. We're just so in need of you today, You created in us a humble heart, God. You can bring us down however you need to, but we want to be with you, Lord. Pray courage for my family, courage for my friends, courage for myself this morning to follow you, to really follow you, God. We don't want to push the eject but Give us courage. In Jesus' name, amen.